Greetings from Los Angeles, and welcome to our little podcast that tries. Uh, it's Rudy and Tyler. It tries and it dares. We're recording again before uh, you're heading out and about again, Tyler. I feel like you've yep. been traveling more often these these past few weekends. Been trying, been trying to get the hell out of LA and out of my own apartment as much as humanly possible. So yeah, uh, last week I was Santa Barbara for a wedding. Now I'm going to San Diego for a barbecue slash baby shower. You're just hitting all the Republican enclaves. Just trying to spread a little blue cheer. Just remember to put on sunscreen because it's going to be a hot one this weekend. Okay, mom. But well, I mean, yes, yes, I will. Yeah, it, well, it is going to be hot. That's that's why. I mean, it was a little warm, but it's going to start trending upwards. So okay, okay. Now let's get to uh, what what we've been up to this this past week or since the last episode. Oh man, it's just work, 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 work. Um, All right, Rihanna. Driving to fucking Burbank and back constantly. Been a little ridiculous. Uh, Shout out to the high. Wait, no, no shout out to the high gas prices. Boo, high gas prices, but you're only going up, up, up. I I predict uh, we'll see $8 this summer for sure. Mm, I want to say no, but I can't argue with the fact that, yeah, things are not trending in the right direction. And shout out to all those people who thought, oh, you know, if we got that, you know, tax repealed that would have fixed everything it's like no (laughs) no it wouldn't have fixed anything if anything it would have just closed the gap of what we would have saved and then just surpassed it a lot of variables to gasoline a lot of ins and outs a lot of what have you okay thank you thank you (laughs) with big lebowski reference but always appropriate i saw a pretty informative video on youtube uh i think these climate change uh guys that kind of just like break down broke they do a great breakdown on what influences gas prices and the long and short of it is that it is a complex web of different things that are causing the gla- the gas prices to rise or fall or fluctuate wildly but i mean there's no like there's no denying that oil companies are the one reaping all the profits from the gas prices oh, being so God, high yeah and have the most incentive to keep them there because production is one of the levers that influences gas prices. And at this point, they have no incentive. Uh, they even showed a comparison of an oil exec appearing on Fox News and appearing on the BBC. When he's on the BBC, he straight up says, we're not going to increase production. Just no, no excuses or nothing. He just straight up looks at the camera and says, we're not going to increase production. We have no incentive to increase production and we're only held accountable to our shareholders. Now you cut to his appearance on Fox news and then his tune changes to, well, you know, this is clearly the Biden presidency, you know, they're trying to overregulate and blah, blah, you know, just all the bullshit, all the greatest hits constantly so so that's your little object lesson about real fair and balanced news <laughs> kitties all right because you know he when it comes to press overseas that doesn't get aired in america they'll be honest they'll tell they'll tell it straight yeah because they'll push back on them as soon as it's down here in america then they kind of just like oh no nope, this is clearly you know the biden presidency and government run amok and blah 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 all the big talking points 
Because they know they're not. Because they know they're not going to see the BBC stuff. No, God no. Why would the Fox audience watch BBC? They yeah. might learn something. So yeah, at at the end of the day, yeah, we're all suffering. But at oil, all the oil producing companies and nations, they're the one reaping all the profits. Because guess what? That's where all the money ends up. Yeah, and once we're all comfortable paying a certain price, why would they lower it? Okay, rant over. But. Now on to one of the good things from this week. You and I went and saw a fantastic comedy show again. One of our, our, our long lost uh, pastimes. Yes. Good shout old out truth to, or dare. True. Shout out to the Virgil and shout out to Catherine McCaffrey and Ruthie Holmes for putting on a great show. It really took us back to the before time. You know, ah, the before time when all we had to worry about was an incompetent president <laughs> who was just tweeting nonsense on Twitter instead of now where, you know, we have a terrible ex-president who's being prosecuted on primetime TV through the January 6th day and just revisiting all that while we're still dealing with the after effects of a pandemic. Really is the worst timeline. Yeah, you know, I look back a couple years back and I thought, oh, this this is terrible. How could it get any worse? And now I'm thinking it's like, you stupid motherfucker. Why did you have to say that? Why did you have to do? Uh, why did you say that out loud? You sweet summer child. You stupid son of a bitch. <laughs> you you stupid dumb <laughs> like i just just call myself every adjective yeah but yeah but, but it was no, nice it was it was a good show man it was a good show it was really nice good seeing them good having a little bit of normalcy yeah even though it seems uh, i mean the mood seemed like this was probably going to be the last one if like if the last one for a long time if ever this it, it was it was a little bittersweet but time. Yeah, at least moves. we got one. Yeah, we got one more. Hopefully, we get another. But you know, time will tell. But yeah, it seems more like eh, well, if this is the last one, then so be it. We had a good run, or they had a good run. They had a good run. But I mean, hope springs eternal. So we'll see. Yeah, I'm excited to see what else they get up to. Uh, I am thankful though for the Truth or Dare show, just because it allowed me a chance to see Nikki Glaser on stage and Chloe Fineman on stage. Chloe Fineman before she ended up going to SNL. It was such a weird cognitive dissonance <laughs> where I remember, oh my god, that like the comedian with the comedian with the other impressions, she fucking killed it. And then six months later, she's on my TV. I was like, what? I was like less than five feet away. Yeah, it's wild seeing, you know, a comedian before they blow up. That's one of the cool things about going out to like smaller comedy shows. Yeah, you just you get to see who's on the track who's on track, who's on the path to make it big, who's got the chops. Sometimes those shows are kind of just like attending those uh open mic comedy shows. Sometimes we're like, you know, it, it was always a little, you know, touch and go. Some sometimes it'd be like, oh man, this show is really great, and then other times it's just it is very awkwardly quiet in this room, full of uh, so many people. Yeah, I feel like usually, like when you have like five stand-ups at just like an open mic night, usually one of them's pretty good, one of them's just awful and everybody hates it, and then the other three are just like they're fine, they they need to work on it. Either they they've got some good jokes. But they don't have the confidence or stage presence or they got all the confidence in the world, but no jokes. Yeah, I've been to those. I, I don't know. I feel like maybe those are more awkward where the comedian is like super confident. Yeah, it's going fine. But they just they got nothing. You came you became a little too comfortable with bombing, I think. Yeah. You know what it is? And that's why that's why I for the comedian that bombs and they're 
super aware of it and it makes them nervous. I feel that at least there's some empathy because they know that they're bombing and you know that they're bombing. And so you kind of just form a bond and they're just like, yeah, we like we both know it's going well, bad, but, you know, we can get through this. Like you kind of root for them a little bit. Yeah. Whereas with the confident you know, comedian, it's more just like they're bombing, trying to make the best of it, but it just makes it that much more awkward. Yeah, so you'd almost respect them more if they just said, yeah, well, this isn't working, and then they just walk off stat, just walk away. Do one of the uh, Ashley Simpsons, you know, where <laughs> they queued up the wrong song, she does the weird jig off stage, and then they just <laughs> threw the commercial, and all of America was like, what was that? Kind of respect it a little bit. In a weird yeah. way, kind of respect it. But yeah, no, it was great to see the Virgil again. Um, even though it was half of the bar, like just the part with the stage. But I mean, that makes sense because, you know, why would you have the other side of the bar if, you know, most everyone's going to be just on one side? And probably they didn't have another bartender. So that's probably why they didn't keep That's probably what it was. I'm thinking definitely the bartender situation. I, I noticed my drink cost a little bit more money this time around. Insert conservative who has like one of those, I did that stickers. <laughs> Thanks, Biden. Thanks, Obama. I I also got out to do stuff. I went to an advanced screening of Jurassic World Dominion. That sounds horrible. Was it horrible? It was probably horrible. You know, I want to say that it was bad, but I enjoyed it. But also, I didn't pay for the movie, so I don't know if that, if that might have had an influence over my decision. Oh, it always does. I mean, the best things in life are free. I mean, look, don't get me wrong. I mean, the story is kind of a nothing burger. It just seems a premise just to kind of kickstart the whole thing. You know, just something to kind of just like get the engine to go. Just to turn over and then you're just moving with the movie. And it's a, you know, there's some action set pieces and, you know, you have the fan service like, oh, remember Sam Neill? Oh, it's Alan Grant. Like, oh, you remember her? She's back. And like, oh, shit, it's Jeff Goldblum. And it's just a lot of callbacks and a lot of just like, hey, remember this? And just a lot of remember berries. Like, remember? Remember? Yeah, I remember. I, I just looked bad. And, you know, that was also my fear going into uh, Top Gun. But I think Top Gun handled it pretty well. Well, Top Gun had something going for it, and that was Tom Cruise wanting to make the most extreme project ever, every time. Every time. Every time. It, th- this guy is just try hard with just capital letters. And I'll still say, like, you know, the first five minutes were really all I needed. It was just, you know, planes taking off and landing, set to danger zone. It was perfect. That's all I needed. Well, that was the part that most resembled the original movie, because the original Top Gun is a lot of just, I don't know, soapy drama with maybe a handful of B-roll of planes just kind of moving. Yeah, because there wasn't a budget for that. I mean, yeah, you know, you you partnered up with, you know, the military and maybe you got like, again, B-roll of planes just flying. by. But no, Top Gun Maverick, this was just a complete, you know, merging of Hollywood and the military industrial complex to tell the most badass story of fighter pilots and America and freedom and power ballads and dudes on motorcycles. 
some ambiguous bad guy that we're not actually going to say which country it is. But everyone knows what country it is because... Placed both in the in the snow and somehow the forest. So, Russia. Anyway. <laughs> no, it was, uh, that was a good one. It does help to know that, like, Goose died. It's not Maverick's fault. Yeah. And that that's and uh, Maverick that's and Iceman it. clearly had, like, a gay history. And that's fine. We're <laughs> s- supportive. They couldn't go into it because of Don't Ask, Don't Tell. And I'm we're just filling in lore for for the Top but Gun they have franchise. Fond memories. It's like there, it's going to be a prequel series. It's going to be on Bravo. That would probably do really well. <laughs> a different demographic, but it would do really well. Top Gun, Iceman, and then it's just like him and whatever, him and <laughs> I mean, we all knew it. Everyone saw the the volleyball scene. Come on. Oh yeah, we all saw it. But even just like the locker the locker room scenes of them talking to each other, checking each other out, Val Kilmer's smile, Tom Cruise's smile. They're always smiling at each other. Happy Pride Month, everybody. We really should show Top Gun at like an outfest. Well, anyway, but yeah, the, the speaking of Pride Month, uh well, when this comes out, like yesterday, well, Sunday it was the big parade in uh in Hollywood. Which is bringing back to the original location where Hollywood, where Los Angeles hosted the first, you know, permitted gay pride parade. So it's kind of like a return to where it all started for Los Angeles. So that's a big event that already passed, but not for us because we're recording before it happened. But this comes out after. So time. It's because, you know, time's a flat circle. Exactly. (laughs) Um, I've been to the last couple of prides, but... Uh, I've definitely been to a few of them. They are a lot of fun. A lot of music, a lot of dancing, a lot of drinking. Just a lot of festivities and everyone's happy and just proud to be who they are. I mean, of course, it's going to be a great time. Also happening I this weekend, I think uh, March for Our Lives are hosting protests also in Los Angeles. Like, this is the, this is the normal part of our podcast where we turn into a bummer. They couldn't, like... Hold off a weekend and let like the gay community have their parade, and then we'll do the other march later. Look, they're they're they both better. they're both in different parts of the city. One is downtown, one is in Hollywood. Also, you know, Pride Month is all month long, but yeah, the big March for Our Lives protest is in downtown Los Angeles. I don't know if it's going to be near um, uh, City Hall or if it's going to be near. Um, Pershing Square. Or maybe it'll start from Pershing Square and then go to City yeah. Hall. Which it'll, is it'll probably start and then end up over there. Fun or not fun things to do? So, <laughs> Or things to have decisions, been done? Decisions. Or things to yeah, have I'm been done because, again, this episode comes out after those things have taken place, which is kind of the problem I'm always having with this podcast. It's just I, I should plan more things that are happening after the podcast airs so people can go to them. Like, the only time we've actually lined up perfectly was Truth or Dare to make sure, like, hey, this is happening. I did, yeah. This is happening after this episode airs, so you can go to this. Well, listeners, head us up. Let us know which uh, which march or parade did you go to? Or are you selfish and didn't care about either? <laughs> I say as I leave town to go to... Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're not even going to, you're not even staying here. Uh, But yeah, as far as the movie, uh, I enjoyed it. But again, it's a lot of fan service. It's a lot of callbacks. I mean, some of the action set pieces were great, but then others seemed a little too, 
Like it felt like the stars were going through a ride that was themed around Jurassic Park. Like there's a scene where they're going through a tunnel and like the dinosaurs are popping out of the like little nooks of the cave. So it looks like so it looked like one of those Disney rides where you're going through rides and they're just like, ah, it's coming at you. But it's just it's just a little animatronic thing that only goes so out. You know, you just say to give Disney you- ride, but you mean a Universal ride that is at Universal Studios because that's the ride that you go on. No, but this one was like because the camera's close, and so it just looks like you know it feels like one of those old school Disney rides where you're sitting on the trolley and the, like the thing comes out. Like it's not close, like in your face, but close to kind of yeah, like know. the the storybook one. You yeah, know, yeah, along on the river. Yeah, yeah, so some of the camera work in those scenes are just like, oh, this is just so cheesy, man. But then some of the other big special effects are like, okay, I get it. And yeah, so at the end, it just fun. If you just want a bunch of just like, hey, I remember that. And, you know, some cool stunts or CGI stunts. So it sounds like if you're looking for interesting concepts, uh, thought-provoking ideas, brand new uh, technology, watch the first one. If you just want to see dinosaurs, watch this. <laughs> <laughs> or you know what I would say? Just skip the whole thing and just go watch Everything Everywhere all at once again. Again. And then watch it again. See it again. You see all the things yeah, you missed. It is playing at the New Art Theater and is also available to stream on Amazon and I think pretty much everywhere. But I think Amazon, like, I don't know. But it's tw- just 20 bucks. Stream it. You can own it and just watch it all the different times. I noticed there's a bunch of YouTube React people who are watching that one and reacting to it. So it's nice that it's, starting, it's really getting back out there. Yeah. Another resurgence. I hope everybody sees it. Yes. This is, you know, Mark, we've raved about it enough already. This is the movie of the year. Half of the year is over, and we're already calling it. This is the movie of the year. I'm just saying, when I watch that, it makes me think The Godfather is trash. Wow. That is bold. And still accurate. Well, I mean, look, I'm not going to disagree completely. (laughs) I'm not going to disagree completely. I'm just saying, like, if you provided a TED Talk to this, then maybe we'll discuss. That should be a whole episode. <laughs> Tyler, Tyler describes why The Godfather is garbage compared to everything, everywhere, all at once. Oh, that means I got to rewatch The Godfather. Yeah, yeah. And there's there better be a whole section. There better be a whole section of uh, Al Pacino. Should he have learned Kung Fu for, for The Godfather? Missed opportunity. It would have been great. I mean... Think of the multiverse potential. I guess your beef is with Francis Ford Coppola. Oh, no. Uh, one other thing, because you, you had mentioned that Jurassic Park felt like a ride. That reminded me, um, I started watching Obi-Wan, and it's like the f- one of the opening scenes of episode one. It just reminded me of like the video you would watch before you get onto a ride. Like as the camera kind of moves around, follows like a group as they're being protected and but they somehow magically stay safe. It's like, go, go, go. Now you got to get on the ride. And that's just how it felt like. But it was uh, it was when they were adding on to the when the uh, when Anakin came in to kill all of the children in episode three mm-hmm. and all the children are trying to escape. I'm like, yeah, this just it feels like it shot like it's supposed to set up for the ride at Disneyland. Mm-hmm. It just felt weird to me. Yeah. Well, I mean, because, you know, you have a little actress. You know, playing, you know, Princess Leia. Well, that, no, I mean, that comes later, but 
I have issues with that one too. Um, but I mean, like when the the initial children are escaping from Anakin and all of that. Anyway, well, I don't think. Well, anyway, I was gonna say Anakin's not in that scene. I don't think, but he's not in that scene. But like that's when he goes in to go slaughter all of the Jedi children, and stormtroopers show up. And then they slaughter the, all of the Jedi children. It's the end of the Jedi. Um, but like a small group of them escape. It's like the first thing that happens in the show. Oh, I probably don't remember. I was busy thinking about the boys, I guess. All right, so I'm an episode behind on that. I just what? watched episode like, three. Uh, man, the new... Uh, the, it's, oh, man. It's... You got to hurry up with this. So with the pee-pee hole and all of that. <laughs> with the pee-pee hole. It's pee hole. Just say pee hole. <laughs> nah, I'm going to call it a pee-pee hole. It's funnier. Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> and pee-pee hole went boom. Yeah, that was rough. So bloody. Yeah, uh, but congratulations to the boys. It's been renewed for another season. Season four Hooray! is a go for the boys. And yeah, this this new episode that dropped uh, today, Friday, because we're recording, it, it's just, oh, it's so good. And it just ramps up the stakes. It's nice. And and then it just reminded me, because last season was only eight episodes, so that means this season's eight episodes, so that means we're halfway through this season. Boom. And it's just, I want more no, season. like. I know I want more, but you know, this is all we're going to get. And you know, I mean, I understand because you know, we've spent all that money with all the CGI with the, you know, giant, you know, wiener in the first episode. I feel like a quarter of the budget was just to build that giant wiener. And I'm just like, (laughs) Jesus, (laughs) jeez, come on, man. It's like, this is why we can't have more episodes. It's funny because it's like, you know, season two, it was the whale. Season three, it's a wiener. That's right, the whale. But yeah, but at least they use the whale more. Like the whale, the whale had more screen time. Look. You wanted more wiener? No, no. I'm just saying it just like to build all that just for whatever. I mean, like, I don't know. That's a lot of money. If you want more wiener, I'm sure we can get you more wiener. No, I'm cutting all of this out. I'm cutting all this part of the wiener out. <laughs> Don't cut the wiener. No, nah, but uh, definitely a Homelander is going extra crazy, which is always impressive. Like, I'm really impressed with the the actor who does just such Anthony a good Starr. job of being like, just being, he he's like so chaotic, but like it's all trapped inside his face. So it's like every little twitch, you're like, oh, he wants to murder everyone. He's uh, he's as far as actors go, he's my favorite actor on the show because I he just contains so much in like a twitch of the face. Just the just his soul screaming in the ether. Like I want them to put him down, but like God, as an actor, that guy's really impressing me. Yeah, no, he's he's doing a great job, and you're gonna see more of him in the in the episode that just came out that you should watch after we finish recording this. They're doing great work. Uh, but you know, while when the boys ends, I mean, there, we still got the newest, the newest TV event that's everyone's going to be talking about, and it's the January sixth committee. Yeah, I just wanted to go back just because uh, apparently this is going to be going on a couple nights each week for a few weeks. Just the January sixth committee just laying out the whole case of Donald Trump and his cronies plotting to overthrow democracy. And you can put any more buzz on this. 
unless it said executive produced by Ryan Murphy. It should, I mean, it should have a title card that says American Crime Story, the January 6th attack. <laughs> I'm looking forward to the reenactment that he makes. It's going to be great. Just trying to cast this whole thing. Like who would play Mike Pence? Ooh. <laughs> oh, man. Like, I feel like we get a John Goodman as Barr. Oh, yeah, as Bill Barr. Even though he kind of looks more like General Milley. Because, like, he's got the head and the just yeah. the short hair. I don't know. I would think, like, you could probably stunt cast and get, like, a... You know, I, maybe you could probably get, like, Tom Hanks to... The, to, play, <laughs> to Shit, Tom Hanks can play all of them. Tom Hanks to play Mike Pence. Like, if I get into that car, I'll never come back here again. <laughs> just so, I don't know why he sounded like Bill Clinton in that. Oh, the vice president almost died. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And then and then Liz Cheney who just said that like yeah, and when Trump said like, you know what? Maybe those guys maybe he kinda deserved it. Maybe you know, because uh he wasn't too nice to me. He wasn't too nice to me. Your favorite president, Donald Trump. Dude, she went in hard on because she kept going like and then he did this illegal act, which was another illegal act, and this illegal act, which was illegal when he did the illegal act. And I was like, Oh, she is she's really making a point. <laughs> Uh, I think early numbers were saying that 25 million Americans watched uh, the January 6th, uh, the first uh, the first night, which was Thursday night. Uh, so uh, Fox News was rumored to stop airing commercials because they were afraid of people changing the channel to see to see the committee uh, hearing in another channel. I believe it. So, yeah. So the that- problem, though, is that, like, all of those people who are watching it are already in agreement that. Trump was bad and everything was fucked up. The people that need to be watching this can't be convinced that it actually mattered. Uh, well, I mean, I think it just takes time. It takes time, it just, as especially if these committee meetings are going to keep hammering away like night after night. Well, I don't even know what the schedule is going to be like, but if they keep airing, you know, there's only so much time when you prevent some present so much evidence and you can't, you know, bury your head in the sand forever. It's true. Especially when you're confronted with it over and over again. One of the news was um, that the Republicans were going to have counter-programming, basically counter, you know, whatever the January 6th committee would say. I think I have a a, a transcript of some of their stuff. Uh, it goes. Oh, yeah. It goes. Nuh-uh, 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 nuh-uh. Oh, shit. It just keeps going like that. Just all these pages. <laughs> I mean, like, I heard that in Tucker Carlson's voice. I just and and the funny thing is that you know the Republicans could have created their own January sixth committee and have subpoena power and interview people, but they chose not to because they were like, no, of course, Trump did nothing wrong. That was a line that uh, Liz Cheney said, where they were just like, yeah, there will be a time when Donald Trump is gone, and your action and you know the stain of your actions will remain or something yeah. something to that to that effect. And I was just like, shit. That is that is some gangster shit you say right before you you kill somebody. <laughs> but like they wear like a badge of honor. These fucking like, like the Proud Boys. You can't convince them that they're fucking wrong. Well, that's the Proud Boys. I mean, look, I'm not look. At the end of the day, you're not going to convince everybody. But the whole point is to at least get the majority of people to understand that yeah, that was fucked up, and yeah, these people should be held accountable for what they did. I want to see some people go to jail. I want to see some higher-ranking motherfuckers go to jail. Well, that's what the that's why the committee is airing these hearings 
to present the evidence to the American people. And hopefully the DOJ will be like, yeah, we should arrest those guys. <laughs> yes. You know, kind of just like when you, when the news has like a whole story, like this guy is ripping people off and the cops are like, should, should we go look, go get those guys? <laughs> should I like, be doing my job? It's like, I think maybe we should get those guys. Like, you know, it's like, did you know about this chief? Uh, yeah, let, let's go get those guys. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to that. I don't know about everybody else. That's some people are like, I just want to watch TV. That's just some guy doing funny stuff to another guy. In which case, watch the boys where the guy jumps into the other guy's pee hole. <laughs> and then explodes. Uh, I'm going to lighten the mood a little bit. So I saw this on the news and my first reaction was, fuck this and fuck everyone who agrees with it. So there we go. This is good. This is a good podcast fodder i'm I'm trying i'm just waiting for my chance to agree with it okay so i saw this on the news uh top fast food chains in los angeles okay so number five chick-fil-a i never understood the hype for chick-fil-a it's fucking okay at best i mean it's good but i mean look their chicken sandwich it's like it's good it's not amazing all right it's good it's good. You order it, you eat it, it's delicious, but it's not going to rock your world, all right? Okay, it's good. I like the waffle fries. They're good, too, but again, it's not, they're not reinventing the wheel or anything. Okay, number four. They're not even really making a solid wheel. Like, it's just, it's a circle, <laughs> and that's fine. It's fine. It's, it's still technically it's food. It's okay. Okay, number four, McDonald's. No surprise, solid choice, you know. It's, again, it's nothing. It's a classic. It it's not rocking your world. Okay, number three, In and Out. Like no surprise again. It's like it's yeah. it's it's great, solid. What? The difficulty with this is like these are all fast food. None of them will be rocking your world, and they shouldn't be because it's just fast food. If your world is rocked by fast food, you need to get out and try other foods. Number two, Chipotle. Like okay, you look. I, I love a good burrito bowl. Shout out to the burrito bowl. It's it's great. The burritos are great, but because of how they pack it, you take a bite of the burrito and it could be just a whole pocket of rice and then you have nothing else. That's why I like the burrito bowl. You get to mix that stuff up and then it's all evenly distributed. I agree 100%. I, I'll take the bowl every time. Um, I will say that Chipotle, we're starting to branch out into like a fast casual, not strictly fast food because, you know, no drive throughs True, but if you order head on the app, you can just go pick it up. It's awesome. I won't knock it. I mean, it's, it can still be on the list. It's fine. All right. And now, number oh, one. Wait, wait, wait. Is, no, no, before you do number one, I'm going to just say it right now uh, what number one should be. Because this is fast food and it's Los Angeles. Number one should be Danger Dogs. The you mean the carts. carts? You mean the carts that are waiting outside of events and clubs in Los Angeles? They are all over Los Angeles all of the time. They are delightful. They are delicious. Everybody's had them. If if yeah. that was if that was it, I wouldn't be upset. Like right. I'd be a little like, okay, you know, they went out of the box for this one, but all right, all right, that's fine. Uh, no, the number one in this bullshit list 
is five guys. Okay, you can go fuck yourself right now. Anyone who agrees with that list, how dare you advocate for that dry hockey puck again? All right, so you and I are always going to disagree on five guys. Like, I enjoy five guys, but I... The patty is a hockey puck. It is dry. It is dry. It is terrible. I don't care how much stuff you put on it. You can put a bunch of stuff on a piece of dog shit. I'm not going to eat the dog shit. All right? You had a bad experience. You need to go back. It's perfectly fine. It's a solid burger. I've had it twice. But. Disappointed both times. Now, this is supposed to be a list about L.A. There's not that many five guys around L.A. It's not like an L.A. staple. It's not like, like, what the fuck? Like, it's, I'm sure. There's enough. Like, the fact that one exists near me is more than enough. It's it, it's excessive. It's just like, if I there's mean, even Chipotle one. Fi- is everywhere. If there's one five guys in Los Angeles, that's excessive. It's like, how dare you? Uh, I mean, like, yeah, five guys with their dry ass fucking burger it's definitely not a number one and also and also they have peanuts inside like they have peanuts all around they're fucking whatever it's like they hate kids with peanut allergies they're trying to kill them so you know hashtag five guys kills kids that's all i'm saying it's like let's get that trending i mean that's just another point in the wind column so that's it's a good, it's good burger. It's good fries. It's simple for the price you the pay. A1, for the price, the you price, pay. the price for the burger. I'm okay with. It's the price for the fries that pisses me off. It's like an extra like three dollars for fries. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. I feel like they already charge you like ten bucks for the burger, and like fries is always just like, oh, we'll charge you an extra two, and there you go, you get fries. No, it's the, like a single patty is relatively cheap. Uh, two patties, which is like their normal one. Um, cost a little bit more. It's not that bad. It's just when you get fries, because obviously you want fries, it's like $3. It's a little over $3 for a side of fries. And that's where all of a sudden it jumps up to like $10, $11 for your meal. You're like, what the fuck? Um, I, this is not a number one spot in general, and it's definitely not a number one spot for LA. That's... Well, I mean, the Ooh. survey was done by some agency that just advocating for shitty burgers. Anyway. No, you know what this is? This is fucking clickbaity bullshit. This this is, hey, look at our list. Oh, do you disagree? Leave a comment. So that's, I hate these fucking articles. They're like, here's a shitty, terrible take on everything just so we can get people to engage. That's and if is. you agree that this is bullshit, feel free to drop us a line at to live it. Okay, no, no, that's the end of the episode. We still got more episode. <laughs> I saw that list and I was just like, ah, oh, again with these fucking mediocre burgers from the East Coast. Like, come on. I think you just hate the East Coast. Uh, no, I don't. Not just certain parts, which includes most of it <laughs> no no i don't hate the east coast like how can i hate the east coast i mean you know they, they like new york has amazing pizza how could i hate that come on yeah there's a lot more to the east coast though well there's i mean that's like that's all states. the important that's the important part to me just the amazing new york pizza that's that's the important part to me speaking of just terrible food news uh, apparently, there's word that there's going to be a sriracha shortage. That's okay. Tapatio is better. I mean, yeah, that's... Look, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I love Tapatio. Yeah, I do. But sometimes you need... A different fl- yeah. flavor profiles. And yeah, sriracha is great because you got the sweet and the spicy. It's funny. Sometimes I'll go to like Hanano's. I'll get the burger. And I always like throwing a little hot sauce on it. 
But every once in a while, I go, you know what? We go with some Tabasco, just for a different flavor. It's never as good, but sometimes it's just a little variety is kind of nice. Hugh Fong Inc., which is the producer of Sriracha, which is here, in, you know, locally in Southern California. Uh, they said, unfortunately, we can confirm that there is an unprecedented shortage of our products. We're still endeavoring to resolve the issue that has been caused by several spiraling events, including unexpected crop failure from the spring chili harvest. So apparently there's not enough peppers to make all the sriracha that they need to make. Way to go, Biden. So some people are taking to social media about tweeting. I heard a sriracha shortage and it's like a shopping cart filled with 12 bottles of sriracha, which is like you don't need that much sriracha. I have one bottle of sriracha and it lasts. I mean, we're not drinking the stuff, right? Pretty much around a year. Like, I mean, I don't go through it that as much as I go through uh, Tapatio. Because, yeah, Tapatio, yeah, Tapatio is a more kind of general everyday. Sriracha is more just like every once in a while, you know, depending on what I'm eating. Most of the time, I don't want a sweet with my spicy. But, you know, there are times when I want the sweet with my spicy. A little Tapatio for the Mexican, a little Sriracha for your Asian food. Yes. Or sometimes I mix and match, you know, just, a, you know, a little culture clash on my plate. It's called fusion. Exactly. I'm like one of those edgy chefs with all the tattoos on down their arms when I do that. It's like, holy shit, he's putting sriracha on a burrito? What? Got a lot of tattoos of knives. It's like, he's putting tapatio on his chow mein? Oh my god, he's a madman. Don't they have like sriracha ice cream somewhere or something? I feel like that's a thing. I feel like, yeah, that probably would have been a thing, like a uh, temporary, like a uh, limited edition flavor. Uh, so yeah, like uh, for the n- next few months, probably this summer uh the company is expecting kind of uh lower production on a sriracha oh that's unfortunate so yeah but once the you know the pepper crops kind of go back to normal then you'll probably see everything to normalize yeah don't worry about it you know one bottle you'll be fine all right it's not like people go through it in a fucking week although if you do you know drop us a line again at to live and try and lay podcast that okay that's the end that's for the end of the episode we're still not done ah, we can pitch it anytime uh yeah drop us a line let us know how's your colon doing speaking of events that you know, we always talk about that happen after the podcast airs. Here's one we're finally going to get ahead Ooh. of. What's coming up? Uh, June 25th through June 26th, uh, Little Tokyo Community Council will do Delicious Little Tokyo. This is the seventh year that they're running a walking tour slash kind of a workshop slash just getting to know the neighborhood of Little Tokyo. Yeah, now you already know your way around Little Tokyo just fine. Well, there's a lot of good food there. And, you know, the arts district is not that far. So, you know, you can just, you know, a few blocks south and you're at, you know, either Angel City Brewery or Good Spot or uh, Arts District Brewing. Also or a good spot. Versus Kuka. And anyway, we're talking about Arts District now, but we're, we need to get back to Little Tokyo, which is what the events are. Sometimes you're in Little Tokyo, you just keep walking. Suddenly you're in the Arts District. It just happens. And then you keep walking, and before you know it, fucking skid row. It's weird how that happens. It depends what direction you're walking in. <laughs> but yeah, Little Tokyo, uh, the 25th and 26th are holding events, just featuring all the local businesses, where it involves food, drinks, history, cool merch, and different, different workshops. But we are highlighting two events. Well, mostly the ones that are kind of just appeal to me. But if you want to check it out, 
The website is littletokyola.org slash delicious. And you get all the info. One of the walking tours I'm very interested in is Matcha Mania. So it's a self-guided walking tour from 1 to 3 p.m. And you get to visit the different uh, different businesses. And they all have their own take on using matcha as an ingredient. Aze will do a matcha creme brulee. Fugetsu Do will do matcha manju. Midori Matcha has a matcha soft serve. And Tea Master Matcha Cafe has an iced matcha latte with oat milk. And afterwards, you get to uh, go stop by the little Tokyo Community Council and pick up a lit- limited edition matcha soft serve enamel pin. So if you're a matcha fanatic, that's one. Why? And I count myself because I love it. I don't know. It's green and it just tastes like it's... Green it's, tea? Well, it's... It's you know, green tea. It is kind of green tea, but the way they prepare it, it's just like and bring out a little more sugar flavor, and then it's just like it just tastes it's good. Green tea it's, with sugar. It's it's delicious, you son of a bitch. And <laughs> it's, it's green tea that they pound ground into a. a powder it is delicious. Added sugar. It is delicious, and you get a free pin at the end. So I am all in. What are you? Okay, be honest. What are you more excited for? Any of the matcha items, or the pin? That creme brulee sounds actually pretty good. Okay. <laughs> but at the end of the it. day, at the end of the day, like I will have the pin, which I can look back and like, hey, remember that creme brulee? That was some fucking good shit, right? Well, you got to have the creme brulee before you say it was some good shit. You don't know. Maybe it's terrible. How dare you slander these good businesses that are just trying to make some money? I mean, that that's all businesses. That's That's the name of the game. And then, so Sunday, there's Little Tipsy Tokyo, which I think you'd be more interested in. But oh, yeah, I'm sold. It's a walking boozy brunch, everybody. So on, so Sunday, you check in around t- between 12 and 2. That's the check-in window. I think hopefully earlier. For this, uh, the first stop is Saki Dojo, and you get your choice of a maple old-fashioned with buffalo trace, spiced maple syrup, and bitters. Or a beer flight of Orion, Sapporo, and Centauri. I'll take the Buffalo Trace. That, that sounds delightful. And it's paired with a dish of chicken karage and waffles with wasabi maple syrup. Or a vegetarian option with tofu karage. So karage, of course, is Japanese-style fried chicken. I mean, that sounds amazing. So basically, it's Japanese chicken and waffles with wasabi maple syrup. I am in. Yeah, I mean, that's that sounds great. Uh, the second stop is Wolf and Crane Bar, which we have been to before. Solid selection. Just a great place to grab a drink if you're a whiskey connoisseur. Fully uh, endorse. Exactly. I mean, they also have other spirits, but of course, Wolf and Crane just, made, you know, just a great chill spot. So you have the choice of their whiskey cocktail, which is whiskey, strawberries, lemon, pineapple, ginger, gum, and bitters. A vodka cocktail made up of vodka, ume, lemon, creme de violette, soda water, and a dash of absinthe, or Carla's Michelada. And your dish will be paired mushroom toast, made by Keepers. Keepers will be the kitchen providing the food. I'm going to need more details on that mushroom toast. I'm not not sure exactly what that means. I know, I know. It's kind of like, is it going to be toast with, like, marinated mushroom thing on top or is it like some big mushroom that's you know prepared a certain way so it's like crunchy i don't know hopefully the first one hopefully the first one the first one sounds more appealing i think i mean it sounds fine but it's still like doesn't sound like a fancy thing We're, we're paying for fancy things here mushroom on toast hey the whiskey cocktail sounds good well actually i think i oh, prefer the wa- i prefer the vodka one just uh, 
Boom. No. Oh, get out of here. Anyway. Whiskey over vodka all day, every day. Well, just because you're traumatized. <laughs> because, I am. It was bad. Uh, come on. Vodka's your friend. It's just you have you had shitty vodka drinks anyway. So the I've last had good vodka drinks, it just vodka waits until it can team up on me. It goes like, Oh no, you're fine. You're not drunk. Oh great. We got five vodkas in here. Cool. Now you're super drunk. God damn. It. Those are the best drinks. Those are the best drinks. The one just like, Ooh, I need to watch out. Cause it's going to just slip in. Oh, Cause you, That's you what she said. on all of the, the fun drunken parts and you're just left with the shitty pukey parts. No, I'd, well, I don't know. Maybe it affects you differently. Cause usually it's just like, I, it's, it's like going to sleep. You just fade, slowly fade away. And then, and then you wake up. No, <laughs> I want, I want the drinks that are going to get me up dancing and moving around. Like tequila. Uh, anyway, so the last stop is Far Bar, one of my favorite haunts at uh, Little Tokyo. Yeah, uh, shout out spot. to the wasabi fries at Far Bar. So the choice is El Diablo, which is tequila mezcal, leger cream de cassis, lime, and ginger beer, or the usual suspects, Beer Flight, which is an American IPA, hazy IPA, and a West Coast IPA. Oh, fuck that. No, I want the tequila. Yeah, that the El Diablo sounds pretty good. And your your pairing will be sauteed shrimp tacos or mapo tofu tacos if you're vegetarian or have tofu a weak tacos. or if you have a weak esophagus like a certain somebody, Tyler. Tofu tacos sounds great. Tofu, Take tofu tacos. tacos all day. Nah, nah, shrimp tacos. Anyway, you garbage. And and again and again with your ticket comes the limited edition little Tokyo tote bag. And the event passport. So, yeah. No, those are pretty two pretty <laughs> great events that I, that just caught my eye. Uh, there's also, you know, different workshops. Donut decorating station. J-Town bingo. A calligraphy demonstration. A spam musubi workshop. You know, just different events nice. to get you out in Little Tokyo. You know, I think the first time I ever had spam was in a... A masubi. And it was like in college. Yeah. Growing up, I didn't have a lot of spam. I mean, some people are like, ah, like, oh, you kind of missed out. And some people are like, you didn't miss much. I mean, it's fun. It's just like really salty. So it needs to be like in the right thing. So there's potential for spam. It's just. Yeah. That's why masubi is good because rice absorbs more of the salt. So it's just like <laughs> it balances it out. So I can see a little bit of spam being good and with like scrambled eggs and stuff. Oh, yeah. Spam and eggs is a very popular dish. Yeah, no, that's that sounds like a good event. And there you go. You have an event to look forward to, which you have plenty of time to buy tickets for. And think of all of the Instagrammable moments to share with your friends. Especially the matcha trip. Oh, man. Matcha on my feed all day long. Look at this drink. It's green. Look at this drink. It is green. And a third drink. It is also green. Look at this pen. Yay. It's also green. I'm I'm assuming. I'm assuming the pin is also green. You get it. There's no green on the pin. It says nothing about matcha. And it's like, why do I have this? Well, we'll see. We'll see. I like I'm I'm still weighing, but uh I'm probably gonna do this. I'm probably gonna do this. All right, we have one time for one more story. Even though it seems like a bummer, which again, signature move, activate. Bring on the bummer. Uh, it, the Farmer John plant in Vernon is closing, impacting hundreds of workers. This is very sad. Uh, one of Vernon's largest employers, the Farmer John plant, is shutting down early next year, blaming the escalating cost of doing business in California. This is according to Elias. 
The meatpacking facility, which employs more than 1,500 workers, was plagued by hundreds of COVID-19 cases in 2020 uh, because, you know, the way the line is set up, uh, you know, too many people close together. And, yeah, like, uh, same same thing happened at the Tyson meat plant. Just people were getting COVID left and right, people dying, and employers kind of just, like, trying to get people back on the line and making just the barest of concessions to try to get people to be safe. Sounds like a lot of really bad business decisions. Yeah, but I mean, it's, it's like that. Well, it's just kind of like the nature of how they set up their their processing plants. It's a lot of just making sure everyone's close together so that way they can work and do that. Meat processing plants were kind of a hotbed for COVID. And unfortunately, a lot of people died. Kalosha penalized the plant's parent company, Smithfield Foods, more than $60,000 for serious safety violations that exposed workers to COVID-19. According to the agency, multiple employees were hospitalized. Workers at the facility are represented by UFCW Local 770. Union President John Grant said that they've reached a fair agreement for employee compensation until next year. Despite a strong, mutually beneficial relationship with Farmer John employees and their union, Smithfield has decided to exit operations in California. Uh, let's see, the company and the union reached the agreement earlier this week. We hope that another operator will take advantage of the highly trained and stable workforce that makes the Farmer John plant a productive and profitable part of Vernon's packing infrastructure. Animal rights groups have protested the Vernon facility for animal slaughter multiple times. Groups held two-day vigils in 2020 and used 7,000 paper hearts to call attention to pig deaths last year. Smithfield is assisting impacted workers with the transition, according to a news release that includes relocation to other facilities or farms, as well as unspecified retention incentives. We are committed to providing financial and other transition assistance to employees impacted by this difficult decision, said Brady Stewart, Smithfield's chief operating officer. The company said it's trying to exit farms in California because of rising costs. Farmer John products in California will instead be manufactured by facilities in the Midwest. The Vernon plant previously made the iconic Dodger dog before Papa Cantella's took over in 2021. And some people are pointing to that as the reason why Farmer John is leaving California. Once Farmer John lost the the contract with uh, the L.A. Dodgers to produce the Dodger dog. So because they lost the Dodger dog contract, now they're like, fuck it, we're out. Has nothing to do with murdering all of their employees. <laughs> they weren't murdering their employees. I mean, they were neglecting some of the stuff, but also the costs of things. And, you know, it's, it's kind of just like, I mean, whatever, whatever part of the narrative is true or false. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, they are walking away and, you know, you have all these people who are going to lose their jobs, train in this factory, and either they move on to a different factory where they could work there or I don't know, some kind of initiative to help them get different line of work. I don't know. It's messed up, but hopeful. I, I mean, well, it's messed up unless you, you know, take the side of, you know, like PETA, the, you know, animal rights activists where they're just like, yeah, you know, they're no more. They're not killing animals here, except they're still killing them in other states. So it's kind of like, eh. <laughs> and as usual, I'll say uh, I support animal rights activists, but fuck PETA. Yes. PETA is that. Well, yeah. PETA has had their problems just because they're, yeah. Some of their tactics are just very Shit. weird. 
The best best word I can say is weird. Ineffective. Weird and ineffective. Yeah, that that's the best way we could phrase it. It's going to be interesting. Let's see maybe if some other kind of operator takes, you know, takes over or maybe kind of just transitions the workforce into something else. But yeah, it's just no one wants to see anyone lose their job. And no, that's always tough. And especially now with just however this economy is going to shake out, some people are saying we might be headed to a recession. I mean, of course we are. The inflation metric is a little higher than normal. So they're saying that you're going to see more aggressive raising of rates, which is like, and by aggressive, they mean it's like maybe three quarters of a percent instead of the half percent that they were initially going to do. Well, yeah, because it's that that fear of inflation leads to increased prices, which, you know, is inflation if you raise rates then it cools the economy but then we end up in a recession and then some people are worried that we might actually get a stagflation where it's inflation still doesn't come down and the job market cools too much and then like then you got too many problems but it looks like best case scenario is like we can lower inflation and there might be a risk to a recession but we'll see what happens at this point, with our with our life experience, I just assume there's always another recession around the corner. So that is your bummer turn for for this episode. Yay! You get you get some matcha, and it'll all just smooth out. Or you know, whiskey or matcha, but whiskey, but matcha. Anyway, go either way, whiskey or espresso or matcha. Those are both good choices. Or matcha. Anyway, if you want to tell Tyler just some good matcha recipes that you have, uh, just drop us a line on Instagram at to live and try to lay podcast or at to live and tripod on Twitter, and of course, just throw us a regular old email to live and try to lay podcast at gmail.com. I don't know. What else we were going to say? Fuck Putin. Like, we always say fuck Putin. You can never say it enough. Um, Let's see, what was it? Some people are saying that those theories that he was sick with cancer might actually be true. I mean, everyone keeps saying about the whole, like, cancer thing. And then, like, I don't want to pin all our hopes on that cancer will take him out. Or maybe it'll just be a poisoning to make it look like, oh, he had cancer. And that's why he died. I really want somebody in his, like, government to just turn on him and take him out. Yeah, but. Like, that's that, how I wanted to go. But then that guy's probably not going to make it. That's the whole point. It, they're trying to do it under the table. You know, they're going to try and do it sli- on the sly, you know, Jeffrey Epstein style. No, I want that shit public. I want everybody <laughs> to know. I want, like, no ambiguity. No, like, oh, he's dead. Or is he? Maybe he's pulling the strings from the basement or some bullshit like that. You don't want it to be a myth like uh, like how Tupac <laughs> Tupac's still alive or Elvis that's not a myth Tupac is alive that's where we should cover more just ridiculous conspiracy theories actually no you know what there's too many conspiracy theories people believe just offhand we should not contribute to the problem <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. That, so there you go. Thanks, yeah. QAnon, MAGA people. You've ruined conspiracy theories. It used to be a fun thing to do, and now it's just like, no, now you can't do Now you can't bring it up. Y'all took them seriously. Yep. You weren't supposed to do that. We're going to end this so I can get some matcha, because I want some matcha now. Still got caffeine in it. It's going to keep you awake. You're not going to be able to go to sleep tonight. I don't know how to end this, so I'm going to end it. All right. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. <laughs>